WhatsApp details daily. This podcast is brought to you by our mates at Auto Fiber Australia, so providing the world's finest microfiber right here in Australia. As a professional detail, it's so important not only to use real high quality products, but also real fine quality towels as well. I never thought too much into the microfiber, but once I started using and to test out the auto fiber range, I really noticed the difference in efficiency and I'm getting better results and the towels last way longer. The Scrub Ninjas, coating applicators, drying towels are just some of the products I use and they're well worth the money. So make an order today and use the code 15DDUP and get 15% off and they'll even throw in a free product. So head over to autofiber.com.au or check them out on Instagram, Autofiber Australia. Thanks. Hey guys, Dale here again. Before we kick off today's episode, I'd like to make mention of our online detail training course we have available. Brought to you by the man himself, Todd Cooperider of Esoteric Elite Detailer Academy. So what is it? It's a three-day in-person auto detail training, but it's now offered online all from the comfort of your own home, including paint correction and ceramic coating courses, both classroom and hands-on sessions for each course, 62 videos and quizzes, and it's exclusive content that's not available on YouTube. So who is it for? It's for the enthusiast, the inspiring business owner of a detailing business, and also a pro to even brush up on techniques they might not even know. So head over to our Instagram and the link in our bio and it will direct you to the Esoteric Detail Academy training page and use the code down under for $100 off for April only. So take advantage of it guys and make use of it and enjoy it. Thanks. Welcome to the Detailing Down Under podcast, the place for everything auto detailing in Australia right now. Here's your host, Dale Guthrie. G'day and welcome to the Detailing Down Under podcast. I'm your host, Dale Guthrie. We're back into it. Uh, so um, had a lot of good feedback recently. So thanks for that. And thanks for everyone's support for listening in. It's been really good. And um, we'll probably touch on um, in April, just to remind everyone, we've got our um, Esoteric Elite Detailer Academy um, discount going on. So I'll, I'll put it in last week's show notes and it'll be in this one as well. So yeah, that kicks off in April. So we'll... Um, We'll promote a bit more around that when uh, April ticks over. So, but yeah, just something to think about for anyone up and coming, um, looking to get in and do some training, but it's online, a little bit different. And um, if you just want to have a look at that, yeah, um, it's all in the show notes. So, and I'll touch more on our Instagram and our bio. So, but um, pretty cool one today. I've always um, followed this shop online and, um, and his shop alone got a mention a while back just for the um, the presence of it and, and how it looks. And I always say, I just mentioned before to him that we, we love cool-looking shops on here and um, his was definitely impressive. And, yeah, we, um, we've been chatting about it and uh, he does a fair bit of PPF. So he's pretty big in Sydney with the PPF game. So uh, I thought, yep, he's a good um, addition to the to the pod. So I'd like to welcome um, Mitch from Sydney Premium Detail. How you going, mate? Good, mate. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. That's all right. You're uh, no, it's been. I always take talk about bucket lists and uh, on this pod, but yeah, I think yeah, what you do is um, is obviously in your name to a premium standard. So I think um, yeah, it's pretty cool to have you on. Yeah, thanks, man. Really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, looking forward to sharing my story and views on things in the industry. So yeah, it'll be good. No, that's all right. You you've been around a little bit. So so how long and where did Cindy Premium detail and all begin um officially it began full-time in 2015 but i started a mobile detailing business in 2011 um that was called shine the mobile car detailing um i just got off my peas and bought a nice ve club sport and wanted to make it you know make it look really nice make it look shiny and wax it and everything like that and didn't really know how to so went on the old YouTube and 
watched a bunch of videos and then, you know, bought the polisher and it was just, you know, your little your basic DA polisher and polished it and waxed it and like it probably looked terrible compared to today's standards. But at the time it was it was amazing. And we got so many comments on it and just people, you know, just mates and stuff and family friends going, Oh wow, car looks so good. How do you do it? And I said, Oh well, I do it myself. And like, oh do you want to do mine? I'll give you some cash. I was like, oh Oh yeah, when you're earning, you know, thirty five, forty grand a year, it's an extra three three hundred bucks on a weekend's pretty pretty all right. So yeah, yeah, that's pretty much how it all started, man. So you're running two jobs and then mobile full time? Yeah, yeah. So I was just in a warehouse pick packing at that time. Um and yeah, started doing the mobile stuff after work during summer when we had a lot of daylight and and just on weekends. Um I'd only ever be you know, in northwest Sydney. I wouldn't travel too far away from home from when I lived with my parents. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much how it all started. I think started out doing washes for 35 bucks on a small car and then $50 for a sedan or a four-wheel drive. So, um, yeah, come a long way. The old uh, mobile game, we've talked to a few others on here about that. That's, that's hard work and even alone in Sydney, I think one guy yeah. mentioned. Yeah. I mean, it's especially like we were just chatting before before the pod started. Um just how big Sydney is. Like, you can't cover it all. It's not possible. Mm. You can drive, you know, in, you can drive an hour or two hours and still not be from one end to the other. So, um, whereas you do that in any other state, you're in proper country. Yep. So, yeah. So, yeah, it was just, I, I, when I started, I thought, you know what, I'll do northwest, the hills area, you know, Blacktown, um, around Blacktown and Castle Hill, that sort of area. I won't really go further than that because it's just it becomes not worth it. So, yeah, yeah, uh, I um got a few good stories and stuff out of doing doing that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just mentioning the traffic around Sydney because we were there the other week in that area, and it was like, yeah, I don't know if I could live there. It's um pretty hectic to drive around there. Yeah, and yeah. stuff. So, yeah, if, no. you've been, if you've been born and raised in it, you're kind of used to it, but. Yep. Yeah, like I like to do road trips with the family and stuff and you get into the smaller towns and you go, oh, this would be, this would be all right. I could live here. So when did you get a shop or a fi- when did you do a fixed location? Uh, the first shop was in 2015 and I was sharing it with a guy that did vinyl wrapping um, and it was awesome. It was in Castle Hill. The deal that we had was, you know, no bond, month-to-month rent. So it was like the perfect scenario to start a shop. Um, at that point in my warehousing job, I was on contracts. So I was on 12 month contract and they didn't want to renew my contract and pay me what I wanted. So I went, oh, okay, well, I'll just, you know, I might first try and go to uni and upskill a bit, did two weeks of that and went, no, nah, this isn't, this isn't happening. When you're 25 and going to uni, it's way different than when you're 18 and going to uni. Mm-hmm. And then I went, oh, okay, well, maybe I'll just give this detailing thing a go. You know, I've been doing it for four years basically just mobile and part-time you know every other weekend and i've got a semi-decent customer base in the hills so we'll um yeah partner up with this guy that does vinyl wrapping and you know he pays half the rent so it kind of makes it easy it's only got to book one coating a week and i'm i'm good i'm good yep the vinyl wrap and that would have been pretty new back then too or not uh yeah i think back then was probably at almost the height of vinyl wrapping um, I think it's still quite big now, but in Sydney, it's not too big to have a full color change sort of sort of wrap these days. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like from 2015 to maybe 2018 or 2020, even it was it was huge. Um, we used to get asked all the time, "Do you guys do vinyl wraps?" And we're like, "Oh yeah, well we can. We're in the same shop as another guy, so it'd be good because they'd get it vinyl wrapped and then they'd pay me, you know, five six hundred bucks to put a coating over the vinyl and." It, it worked out. We both made money, but vinyl is a really messy job, um, especially with having to take car parts off. And when you've only got a small shop and mm. you're both trying to work around it, it, it got a little hard. So I think it was the start of 2016. I just went, dude, I'm out. I'm going to do my own thing. And yeah, went from there. Yeah. Now I was listening to another pod the other day with a guy in, in Australia here that, I don't know, I think he started it off with the vinyl wrap and um, I might reach out to him, but we'll see where that ends up. But, yeah, I haven't had too much um, yeah. thought in that 
that sort of game either. It was all about PPF, really. But Yeah, I mean, every guy that owns a vinyl shop will tell you, don't get into vinyl. <laughs> they say, just do PPF. Like a, a couple of guys up in Brizzy that are, you know, a big, big vinyl, that were a big vinyl shop, he just goes, we do it because that's how we started and we have to. Mm. And now we just, like, really, ideally, we just want to do PPF. <laughs> we don't want to yeah. be doing vinyl. So. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, so that where you are now, how long you been there for? Uh, in this current shop, only just over 12 months. Oh, um, yeah. We've moved a lot, man. Like that first shop, the first shop I started with that vinyl wrapper, we were in it for three months. The shop got sold. The guy that bought it wanted to move in. Oh. So we then, it was a big complex. So we just found another unit in the complex. And then after another eight or nine months, that's when I started my own my own shop, which was in the same complex again, just one of the lower levels. Um, then we moved up the road, then, you know, down the road again, pretty much next door to where we are now. And then the shop next door opened up and it was, you know, almost three times the size of what we had next door. So we jumped across to this one because it's all the same owner. We didn't have to, you know, pay a release or anything like that. So it worked out well, um, but it kind of underestimated the cost of how much it is to fit out a shop this big. Yeah, I was going to jump into that because that's why I thought you've been in that same and you've just done a makeover in that shop, but that's a complete new shop you're in now. Correct, yeah. Where you were. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Did you have to dismantle what you had in the other one? I know you had some um, coding um, rooms. and. Yeah, luckily the guys that took over were um, – they're a plumbing business, but they also sell like the big water jetters and everything like that and proper high-pressure hose high pressure um washers so none of the stuff we'd be using because it would just strip paint off but um he was like dude you've got ac and you've got the bays and stuff here he's like i want all this as like a showroom so i'll give you some money for the air conditioning and you don't have to tear down anything you don't have to do anything you just have to move next door and i said okay that sounds good so yeah nice. saved me probably you know five to ten thousand dollars in you know doing your make good of, of the place so yeah and yeah, then that was how long did it take to de- um, deck out what you've got there now? Like, what was the a job that probably should have taken realistically thirty days took three and a half months. A um, couple of reasons. For, actually, no, it's probably more than that. It's about five months. Um, we got the keys in October and we moved in in March twenty-two. Yeah, so a um, couple of reasons for that was it was it's basically got to the height of supply issues for material so jip rock um yeah you know steel framing for all the bays and stuff like that and the offices upstairs we just couldn't get enough so it'd do a bit put it up wait another two or three weeks for more material do a bit same sort of thing and then in december we found out that the toilet block in here was riddled with termites so we had to battle with the landlord for him to knock it down and fix it, basically. So that took another, and it was all in between Christmas as well. So you know, you might as well wipe out three weeks just because of Christmas. Yeah. Um. So yeah, by the, I think it was probably by the end of February, the toilet block was was all sorted. That was all fixed, and then by the end of March, we had everything up and painted. You know, epoxy done. Um, the glass the glass doors up, all the bays sorted. So. Yeah, we moved in, in towards the end of March last year. Yeah, right. Did you do much research around what design you wanted or did you base off what yeah, you had? Yeah, a lot, a lot. Yeah. Um, Dan from Detail Central actually helped us out a lot. Um, not so much in design, but we really wanted to have the cleanest water possible because Sydney water is quite harsh. Um, yeah. You probably experienced something similar in Mount Gambier as well. There's a lot of minerals that can leave, you know, deposits on the car that water spot, even if, you know, you're washing a car, someone walks in and you've got to go tend to them. Sometimes they can be here for an hour. Water dries and mm. cool. I have to put a lot more effort into polishing the car and getting rid of those water spots now that I've created. So he helped a lot with big water filters that, you know, make it as pure as possible. We just rinse cars down and, um, you know, let them dry and they don't water spot. So that's that's good. Uh, the other thing was in our PPF bay, we have these sprayers in the roof, which we turn on, you know, every few panels just to get dust out of the air. And that water also has to be super, you know, super filtered. So It would, yeah. Yep. 
yeah, quite a bit of cost in, in doing all that and your air conditioning and that sort of thing because that's the thing we'll, we'll touch on it a bit more with PPF. It's really temperature dependent as well. Too hot, it doesn't work. Too cold, it doesn't work. So, Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, no, I was going to say about the building supplies issue. So, um, yeah, how would you go with lighting? Because you um, Lighting pretty... we pretty much could just transfer from the old shop to the new one. We had to buy more for just because of the size. Um, but we kind of switched up lighting in the detailing bay. We found we had hex lights previously, and they just don't really show anything. They don't show defects. They make color cool, but they're just – they're – for Instagram, really, they're, they're a cool-looking light. They definitely yeah. are, and they look good in photos, but they're just not practical, which is what we found after, you know, almost two years of dealing with them. And when you're polishing under them for a day, like a couple of the boys are off, and I had to get on the polisher and, and polish a car, I think after four or five hours, you know, it started to get a headache. Mm. So it's just a lot of light. So, yeah, we've gone down lights in, the, in our correction side of things. Then when we need to coat the car, we just have panel lights as well. So switch the panel lights on, coat it, and just good for detecting high spots and that sort of thing. Yep. And definitely love the color, like a black. I've got a black wall in mine, and I think, yeah, yeah that really stands out. And you see other places nowadays. I think even the, I think the Rupes place is, like, completely blacked out as well. They yeah. paint, painted that black. So Yeah. I get a lot of my inspiration for shop, like, design and colors from you know america and europe um i think we were one of the first guys in sydney to have the hex lights and then within a few months everyone had them so and you know a black wall with black room with hex lights it looks cool yeah you know and dark flooring it all looks awesome but not the most practical so no um same with same with this shop we decided to put hanging lights and stuff in the shop and paint it black and now we've seen you know another four or five guys that have gotten into detailing got a shop and it looks very similar to ours now so it's just yeah we try and do things a little bit different every time we you know make little little adjustments yeah i like the hex lights on the wall i think some guys have put them on the wall maybe like as a feature um yep. but yeah, yeah I, cool. I have heard about correcting under them they are not the best they're yeah not yeah cool. yeah i don't know how guys like some guys put it as their you know basically their roof they just hang from the ceiling and they're wrapping under it and they're detailing under it. Like, you get a white car in there, man. You're like, you're, you're going to go blind. There's that much light coming from them. It's just, you need to wear sunglasses. So. <laughs> wow. And what was the, the plan with your epoxies rather than, I think, a lot of places do Swiss tracks and stuff like that? Um, we did, we've done Swiss tracks before. It looks great again, but it's Not just, especially for detailing, it's fine. It's not that bad, but for PPF, I just think it's terrible because all the water and gel gets under there. And as much as people say, oh, it dries out, it's like, and then you probably use, you know, quite a few liters of water and gel every car you do. That doesn't dry out. It's not mm. in the sun, you know, and it starts to stink. And yeah, we um we did that for a little while in one of the previous shops, and ever since then I've gone, you know, epoxy. We've got a big floor scrubber that we just vacuum it all up with. At the end of the day, it's clean. It's done yeah no it's i always wonder that because yeah similar i got uh race deck um they're the flat tiles they're probably not the best for with water on them um but yeah yeah, you can squeegee it off and mop it up and do you find you can roll around on your detailing seat all right on them as well yeah 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 the ones we had probably a bit of an older style where they had like a rounded top so you'd roll along them and you'd be bouncing along every time you tried to roll along so (laughs) That was a bit painful, and you just don't have that issue with epoxy. No, no. But I understand why people do it. You know, it's especially considering in Sydney, not many people own their shops. Like we're all renting, so you think oh, I'm spending all this money just for some other guy, yeah, to you know to profit off it. So I get that point of view, but I just want things to be easy, man. Just want. I think we've done it enough and been doing it long enough that I think we've got our systems in place and what works and what doesn't. Yeah. Did you have to put a wash bay in or how does that work normally? Yep, yep. So we put a wash bay in. Um, we've got a drain in there as well that separates everything and filters it all out. Um, we used to just vacuum it up and then get it collected. Um, now that's, yeah, that's long gone now. So having a drain is it's perfect, yeah. Yep, yep. No, nice. So what are your main services? Like even... Um, 
when was and even probably back in the day when when would you start uh codings uh coding's really early i think uh probably 2013 2012 2013 we started using body armor 9h which is a i don't know if you've heard of that but it's a mm. a lot of the OG guys around around sydney would probably and around australia probably not um, we started that in 2013, and it was yeah, you know, your basic sort of correction and coding on new cars. Um, then we moved to Geon in 2015 or 16, one of those two. Um, and then now we're currently on G Technic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, at least you've moved around a bit and experienced a few, which is good. So yeah, we um. We we've tried pretty much every coding there is, and we've just we've stuck with G Technic just for ease of application, one layer most of the time as well, so it's a lot quicker. And um, we never have anyone come back with any issues of you know spotting or anything like that, or you know it's not beating after a few years. It's just it's good coding. It's really good. Mm. Yeah, I experienced it the other week and uh, the Chicago Auto Pros train, which was something different and it was good to use it. And I can see why everyone does use it. It's very simple yeah. and easy wipe off as well, yeah. one layer. Or you can double layer, it, but I'm the same. I prefer a one layer system. Um, yeah, we have we have a couple of packages where we will do, our most popular one's just the one layer, but if they want, you know, XO over the top of it as well, we, we charge extra for that. Um, but... Yeah, that's what's on my car, man. It's just PPF on the front and the side skirts and then Ultra and XO on, on the rest of the car. And that was done well over 18 months ago now and you'd think it was coded yesterday. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. They say, you know, details don't wash their cars. Mike probably gets washed once every four to six weeks. So, All right. I don't feel so bad now. Ours is nah. feel at the moment. And that's right. You're too busy doing everyone else's, like we say. So. Yeah, exactly. That's it. I don't have time to do my own car. So yeah. No, cool. Uh, much paint correction back then. Start now. Um, yeah, not not too much without a coating. I sort of got into it relatively quickly, where I thought, well, what's the point of correcting the paint? I'm not going to be protected. Like it's mm. you're going to wash it once, you know, especially you know, a flat black Japanese car. And even though coatings don't offer that much resistance to swells and stuff like that, I think they offer some anyway. And, um, yeah, I was just always of the opinion, well, you know, what's the point of just doing a correction, having it look beautiful for you to wash it incorrectly in two weeks and it be back to just how it was. So um, we always thought about coatings ever since day one, really. So, How did the... Um... How did you get stuck into the PPF? What was the idea around that? Um, again, back to when we had the shop with the vinyl guy, he started dipping his, you know, feed into into PPF, and he was actually using Expel. And you know, we were putting it. We had I had a customer that said, "I'm getting a new. I think it was an A45. I'm getting an A45, and I want it coated, but I want this like clear stuff on the front." It's called Expel. I went, oh, okay. Spoke to my mate and said, oh, can you do this? He's like, oh, yeah, it's whatever. No dramas. Did that. And, you know, then then he was showing me the self-healing and everything. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, wow, that's cool. i got to get into that. So it was probably, you know, after we parted ways, it was probably 12 months after that that we did the Expel training in 2016. Yeah, midway through 2016. And then, yeah, since then we've been on Expel and, Loving it. Yeah. No, nice. And that's pretty much your, that'd be your main business right now? Um, yeah, uh, PPF and coatings, man. That's pretty much it. Um, we don't really do anything else apart from PPF and coatings. Yep. How many, uh, how many employees you got there? Uh, we did have seven at one point we're now down to six just because um one of them had to has to travel well over an hour to get to work and he just got to the point where he's like dude i just can't do it anymore i said okay no dramas understand so um yeah he's working for his old man in another industry a lot closer to home um we still talk and everything so it's not like it ended on bad terms it's just i get it just like i don't want to travel an hour to work so why would someone else yeah and the most like i want to We'll probably do another episode later on about employees, but how do you, do you train your guys if they, or they already come with previous 
say PBF experience? No, we've trained them. We train them. Um, in Sydney, there's a lot of guys, especially with PBF um, side of things. Everyone just wants to contract, which is fine, but it's just a lot of money that you lose paying a contractor to install PPF for you. So yeah. while it might be a much longer process to train someone, um, it works out in the end. It's much, it's much more economical to do that. Yeah. But um, with detailers as well, same thing. Like we, all our detailers are all generally out of school and into cars and have been into cars for a long time and want to learn how to detail. So I'd rather them come fresh than we can teach them the SPD way rather than, you know, I worked at a car yard and I've been told to do this and chuck the 12-inch pad on the rotary and just whiz over it. No, mate, you're not <laughs> doing that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's um, I, we prefer no knowledge and we can train you. Yeah. So, you, yeah, you you said earlier you're probably one of the longest standing ones doing PPF in, in Sydney, so which is pretty cool. That's a fair while. Yeah. Back then. Yeah, I think when when um when we first came on board in 2016, there might have been two others in Sydney. One of them had been doing it since the early 2000s, so he was the proper OG guy. Wow. And maybe a couple of other vinyl shops that dipped their feet into PPF as well on the side. Um, but I mean, we saw the gap where, yeah, it was cool to slap film on a car, but we want it to you know look as perfect as possibly can be. So um, it took a while to get there um, and there's still, you know, there's always room for improvement. There's still room for improvement, but now our installs are virtually invisible. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Has the film technology come a long way from what you've seen or is it? Um, from what we've sort of seen, not really. It kind of had its first big, um, I mean, it has, but it's not, you know, leaps and bounds, you know, there's always little updates that are happening. So when we first started, film had a lot more orange peel in it. Now a lot of that's virtually gone. Um, you know, films have come out now with hydrophobic coatings built in as well, yeah. um, which we've sort of found just from our experience, because we try everything, we get sent everything. Whenever something comes out, it gets sent to us to test out. So we've tried a few films that have ceramic coatings on them, probably five or six different brands, and they all do the same thing. They all degrade a lot quicker, and they all water spot. So we've just stuck with putting a ceramic coating over the film rather than one that's built in. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I think the the last big jump in PPF was probably 2011 when self-healing PPF came out. So. Yeah. All right. Um, You do a lot of high-end cars as well, so that's – obviously the sydney market um yeah yeah fortunate enough yeah there's a funny comment from the boys in um chicago auto pros when we were in sydney he goes uh eric goes where's all the where's all the shit cars there's, there's no shit cars yeah. in sydney they're all just yeah i noticed that too. especially around um yeah i mean the hills is a pretty affluent area um and other areas in sydney as well you know at the eastern suburbs and northern beaches where there's a lot of other um PPF and detailing shops also, you know, you'll drive past a Ferrari every day. Um, it never used to be like that. Like in the early 2000s growing up, you'd see a 360 Medina and be like, oh, my God, it's a Ferrari. <laughs> Whereas maybe it's just that we're so desensitized to it now, we can see, you know, two or $3 million car down the road and just go, huh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, no. It's... How do you find them to work on? Like, What would you say is probably the, the easiest car? To work on? Um, the easiest car would definitely probably be a Tesla. Um, and the good thing with those guys is they want to spend the money on their cars. You know, they might not have been into cars before, but they are now because it appeals to them. It's their thing. Um, yeah, Teslas, most cars are relatively straightforward. Um, and I mean, when you've been doing it as long as we've sort of been doing it, nothing's too hard. It's just some things take longer than others because they're more fiddly. Like Lamborghinis and McLarens have about 10 million pieces to put on and they're tiny. So they just take longer. Mm. No, interesting. No, it's... Yeah. How long, what's say like a, a Porsche and that or a Ferrari? What's the sort of time frame of, of working on one of them? Um, well, our full wraps, we generally, um, generally tell people five to seven business days, but when they come here, they're also never just getting the wrap. 
They'll also get encoding. They'd usually get a glass coating. They'll get interior protection. They'll have, you know, we'll take the wheels off them and coatings inside the wheels and that sort of thing as well and coat the brake calipers and the, you know, the wheel linings and inside the boot. And it's just, it can be endless sometimes. But um, yeah, generally to actually wrap the car with two of us on it, it's about three days to do a Ferrari, um, depending on the Ferrari as well. Most Porsches we can knock out in, you know, a couple of days. Yeah. No, good. Um, what's what were the what do you got any daily challenges day in day out up there? Is products um, hard to get hold of, or not really? No, not not so much. Products are, products are pretty readily available. Um, I think our biggest challenge, because we're a bit more expensive than a lot of the other competition in Sydney, is just locking the customer in. Um, you know we. We have a lot of customers that just call up and don't even ask price, don't care. They just go, cool, you guys, good, I want you to do it. I've seen all your work, just do my car. Okay, no dramas. I got a phone call the other day, one guy booked three cars in, and then another guy just walked in the door, he wanted two cars done. So, you know, that's five full wraps booked in in the space of two hours, um, which can happen. But, you know, there's also the guys in Sydney that will shop around to every other installer and, you know, whether they're using Suntech or Expel or any other brand of film, basically, and say, oh, you know, I've got a quote for a full car at $5,000. Why is yours 8500 And we have to go through that process, process of explaining and why it is and that sort of thing. I mean, luckily, I don't really have to deal with that too much anymore. I've got a, a shop manager that, that deals with all that and handles all the customer inquiries. It's really good at it. Um, but, yeah, you can't, you can't win them all. Yep. You can't possibly wrap every car in Sydney. Like, even if we had a hundred staff, it wouldn't be possible. Yeah, we always say there's enough cars for everyone. So the whole, right. um, like I talk about the the culture in your area. Like, there's enough cars. Why does everyone have to sort of pick on each other when there's that many cars? You, we can all work on them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There's seven million people in Sydney. Yeah, like, <laughs> or thereabouts. There maybe maybe not that much, but there's thereabouts. Like, there's there's a lot of cars to do and. You know, we just sort of stick to our to our market and our, our regular customers as well, and it um it all works out. Do you find if um a, there's a lack of PPF training in in Australia, or have you heard much oh, of definitely. that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I know um the boys at Premier Film Distribution are trying to get that up. Um, I always get emails from them saying PPF training you know, this weekend or next weekend or whatever. Um, the problem with the PPF training is you can't do a three-day course and know what you're doing. That's mm. just not possible. Like, it'd take, it'd take you 12 months doing it day in, day out to be at a good level. Like, you know, we've got a guy that we've trained up for the last 12 months and he picked it up super quick, like quicker than most other people that we've, that we've trained and seen. And even still, like, it's 12 months later, he's still, you know, not doesn't know everything you know doesn't know how to fix certain things so or how to work the film in certain situations so just if there's any details listening that are going to get into ppf just be aware that it'll take you a long time and it's expensive yeah that's a big one about the cost of it it's not easy yeah i mean like to give you an idea for us when we started i was um i got a good mate tim at wingard in adelaide so he was the, you know, the expel guy for Australia, you know. He was just the man. This was in 20, 2016, and I've got a client that has about 40, maybe 50 cars now, and he got a M4 GTS that was in matte grey, and he knew that I was getting into films, and he's like, Mitchie, I want you to wrap this M4 GTS, and I said, dude, I've done the training like two months ago. Like, I'm just, I'm not good enough, and he said, okay, well, Who's good? And I said, oh, Tim in Adelaide will probably come up and give us a hand. He goes, sweet, let's do that. Let's get him up. We'll, we'll do that. And, um, yeah, that was the sort of training I went. We did one car. He loved it and went, okay, cool. I've got another 10 cars for you to do. Let's do one a month for the next 10 months. So I had once a month, Tim would come up. He'd bring the patterns with him because I didn't have a pot or anything either. I'd just send him photos of the car and he'd go on the, the Expel database and, you know, adjust the kits. And most of the time he'd already done the car anyway. So um, he'd had done the car in Adelaide. So he 
you know, just print his saved pattern that he had that wrapped all the edges and it fitted nicely around door handles. And, um, yeah, he'd come up for a week or so and we'd, we'd wrap a car or two and, um, play a bit of golf in the meantime as well. when we had a bit of downtime in the afternoons. So, um, yeah, it was a good time, but yeah, like I said, man, that's 12 months mm. and a cost. And then by the time you get into, all right, finally ready to do this on my own, I'm going to buy a potter, eight and a half thousand dollars for a potter. Yep. Then you're like, oh, cool, I need film to put in the potter as well, and I probably need one roll of each size or thereabouts. It's another ten to $15,000 for film. So you're pretty much 25K into film before you, before you start. Yep. No, it's, it, yeah, that's a good way of explaining it because I haven't had too many explain the, the price breakdown um, of things. So, yeah. What's um? Do you know much about what's going on with Expel in Australia? I know I've heard some things, but are they um, going so, out on their own sort of thing? Yeah, so they were being distributed through CCP. Um, I'm not sure what the business side of things are, but um, I'm pretty sure they've done a deal where they've gone, thank you for building the, the network up. Um, you've done a great job. We're going to now take it over and we're going to be Expel Australia. So there's no distributor here. It gets flown from... Expel in America, or shipped, I should say. It gets shipped from Expel in America to Expel Australia and then distributed through Expel Australia. Yeah. No, That's probably great. happened in the last six months, yeah, October last year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I did hear a little bit. Um, speaking of Tim, I, I reached out to Tim, so hopefully in the near future I might get him on. He's cause... legend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've, um, he's become not just a... You know, not just a mate, but a bit of a mentor as well. So, and he's just one of those guys where if you're ever having, like, we still have issues with PPF or why doesn't this kit fit properly, we call Tim and be like, mate, can you help us with this? And he'd say, oh, yeah, you just got to do this. Oh, okay. I don't know why I didn't think of that, but thanks. Bye. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I did give him a call and, um, yeah, he's interested. I know, um, Sards, um, talks to him a fair bit and gets some help from him every now and then. So, yeah. yeah, he's pretty yeah. good for the industry, I think. Yeah, he is. He's a, he just wants to grow um, Expel in the country. That's that's his main thing. He just wants everyone to love it and he wants everyone to help each other, which I think is good. You know, it's, it's what it, how it should be. Mm. Yeah. What's a, um, a going rate for a role these days, an Expel role of film? Um, I think depending on, you know, how much film you're buying, it's usually around 2,500 bucks plus GST. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more now. Um, we get a, we get a, a pretty decent deal just because of the volume we do, um, which I probably can't tell you anyway, but no, that's um, right. yeah, we, we get, we get looked after and I think a lot of the other big guys in Australia get looked after as well. So that's the, one of the positives of having Expel come on as Expel in Australia. Whereas previously it was, you know, the same price for everyone, whether you're buying one roll or 20 rolls a month, doesn't matter. Yeah. Now, I was just putting in perspective for everyone out there listening, like, yeah, the film's not cheap and then obviously installing rates and stuff, yeah. that's that's why it is expensive. And even so. if there's, um, yeah, I don't know if, if it's mostly details that listen to the pod or, or, you know, PPF guys or if it's, you know, enthusiasts as well, like just to the enthusiasts out there, like we're not wrapping your car in cling wrap. Like it's not a cheap film. It's... <laughs> everyone's putting, you know, at least a, a couple of grand into just buying the material. Then you've got to equate the time it costs to then print on the material as well and the time it costs to get the patterns right. Because the patterns aren't just, you know, cut and paste, you know. They're, we take measurements of nearly every point on the car, door handles and everything to make them fit snug and we adjust it. So there's a day's labour in adjustment, two or three days' labour in actually fitting the film then another couple of days later and all the coatings go on the car. So that adds up. Yeah. And especially when you got to pay everyone and rent and everything, it, right. all, it all adds up. So no, that's good. So um, is there much else um, within our industry on it being in a while that we could improve, you reckon? Um, I think you've touched on it a few times as well with other guys is just training. Um, mm. There's no standardised you know, medium that everyone has to sort of get to before they can start a business. It's, it was like me. I went and spent, you know, a couple thousand dollars and boom, business done. 
you know, that's it's not an expensive business to get into. You get a polisher, you get some pads, you get some polishes, you know, you buy yourself a couple of coatings and you're pretty much you're pretty much good to go, especially if you're gonna start mobile. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think and especially with PPF the training's a big thing. because um, yeah, like I said, it just takes a lot of time. Yeah, there's I think it having sort of levels of um PBF training with the sort of the entry level beginner and then advanced and maybe yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah. um yeah, no, I got into it. I've only very basic into it and yeah, no, I'm still definitely learning that's for sure but yeah i yeah. I'm, I'm chasing more training as well because you want to get better at it so um and there's always tips and tricks that everyone else knows that you don't Everyone's yeah i mean it's something it's something that we've floated the idea of in terms of training um and i mean we've got the facility for it we've got more than enough knowledge for it um but i think a lot of the people we'd be training would probably be business owners and i mean everyone knows how to polish a car Mm. Like we all know how to correct a car, we know how to apply a coding. I think the business side of things and how to be successful is what what's the hardest part. Um, but yeah, when it comes to PPF, yeah, applying the film is the hardest part. <laughs> yeah. Are you using a lot of gel? More than yes, yep. yes. Yeah. So we use gel um, for installs. We we kind of use a mix of soapy water and gel together. I'll usually put soapy water on the panel, then spray gel on the soapy water, and then put the um put the film on um a couple of reasons for that it just it makes it adds a little bit more slip to the um to the solution so sometimes you know you don't want too much slip so i'll just just use my gel in that sometimes i want more so i'll just put the soapy water on so it's um just the way we've always done it and just what i'm used to really yep yeah no i'm hearing that a fair bit around gel yeah. um also, Gels, um, you're right. um, yeah, the thing with, with the gel that we love about it is no matter what you do, our, our PPF bay is as clean as you could possibly get, right? Like we've got HEPA filters, air conditioning, you know, the sprayers that get all the dust out of the air. Stuff comes off me and gets under the film. It's just, unless we're, you know, doing it in a full hazmat suit, it's just going to happen. So um, the thing we love about the gel is that even if there is a dust or a little hair or something into the film and you can see it, you don't need to pull it up and risk getting more dust under it. You can often be really gentle with it and just push the dust out through the gel. Whereas with soapy water, you can't do that. Yeah. Yep. Because whatever it is, that particle generally gets stuck in the gel between the film and the panel. So you can just push it out and that makes life a lot easier. Well, it's interesting. I've never used yeah. gel, so um, <clears throat> I've seen um, some being used like on sort of bigger bonnets that are that are hard to deal with. Um, yeah, you don't have to keep lifting and spraying and yeah. stuff like that. Just stays yeah. down. I think the thing a lot of the guys are quite cautious of when using gel is just the cost. Yeah, um, it is expensive, but you tack it's, you probably go through thirty to forty dollars worth of gel in a whole car. So when you put it back down to that and we're charging eight and a half grand for a full car, it's 30, 40 bucks. Who cares? Like, yeah. you know, what are you going to do with that 30, 40 bucks? Buy a cup of coffee a day for the next week. Like, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially probably... in Sydney. I don't know what, don't know what coffee <laughs> is in Mount Gambia, but here you're not paying anything less than, you know, five, fifty, six bucks. So. Yeah. That's standard here. I think it's the, the Aussie, yeah. Aussie rate for it's, coffee. It's the <laughs> national rate. Yeah. Good. Okay. <laughs> Similar to fuel, but it doesn't jump as high. Yeah, but pretty much. No, that's good. And it'd probably give you a better finish or install. Not so much a finish, but a better install with gel. So, uh, Better's, um, better's, you know, not maybe not the right term. I think just different, just easier. easier. Just easier to install yeah. with. Like, I mean, I, we tried just using soapy water for a little while there, and I did a couple of cars in it, and I'm just going to hate this. I got to tack one end, you know, and that while the other end's falling off the car because it's soapy. And whereas with the gel, it kind of just like doesn't tack to it, but it just like holds. It just holds there. Like I can be halfway through a door, someone will walk in, I can go talk to them for half an hour, come back, just regel that spot. The film's still on the car, hasn't fallen onto the ground, and I can just keep going with it. Yeah. Have you had many much dramas with the uh, templates for new cars, like getting them, or is Expel pretty yonder? Expel's probably well, them and them and Suntech would be the biggest guys that do the templates. So, um, with 
a lot of them, like some the Australian made cars, the Australian cars, like your Rangers and stuff, are all templated here. Um, the um, a lot of them are also made in uh, the US and the UK. So that's for the, the international cars. But um, yeah, Tim down in Adelaide actually does the does the Australian side of things. So there's often you know, cars that have gone past in the last few years, like, you know, the GTSR W1s and stuff where Tim's made the patterns for those. And, you know, the whole network's thankful because it's just more work we can do. So, yeah. Yeah, right. No, it's cool. But yeah, generally they're, um, they're, pretty, they're pretty quick on it. The only cars we really had to wait for was when the i30N came out. We had a lot of people wanting to wrap the front of those and there was no patterns. But the guys in the UK did it maybe two months after. And um, the... When the F90 M5 came out, so I think 2018 or 19 it might have been, we had to wait. Yeah, I think Australia is one of the first countries to actually get that car. So we had to wait a couple of months for that. So we'd tell the customer, sorry, you're just going to have to wait. We can put something temporary on your bumper and your bonnet, but everything else is going to have to just just wait. Yeah. Now, I've, I've had customers request me for stuff, and, yeah, yeah. it's... it's uh... Yeah, not that I, I mean, if that happened now, we'd just tell them, cool, we'd just do a custom install. But at that time, I wasn't good enough to bulk or do custom install with films. So I just always wanted to use the patterns. Whereas now, we just, yeah, mate, we'll just, put, we'll just have to bulk it. It just have to be custom. So Yep. Yeah. I was going to say about the bulking, you probably wouldn't do a huge amount of it. Obviously, if there's no pattern, you'd do it. Uh, yeah, try not to. Definitely yep. try not to. It's... um. It's hard to justify to the customer when we're already quoting them eight and a half templates, you know, even though we adjust them all to fit amazingly. Um, it's then hard to adjust them another, you know, to justify them another couple grand in, you know, the extra three days we're probably going to spend bulking the whole car. So, mm. um, yeah, we try not to do it, but there's always guys with the older cars, like, you know, like older Ferraris or older Porsches or whatever that say, I just, I need a protected man. Like, I don't want it. I don't want to get damaged. Yeah, okay, cool. No worries. Yep. No, interesting. Uh, the other one was about the, have you used the Expel Fusion code? And have you had much to do with that? Yep. that every day. We use it every, every day. Yep. So, so that, every car that we do gets ceramic coated. Um, it's all included in the price. Um, and yeah, man, we, we love it. It's, it's really, really good. It's super sleek. It beads like crazy. Um, and it beads for a long, long time. Like we've had my wife's car we had for two years. Again, it was just like beating day one and my cars don't really get looked after or washed that well. Yeah. So that's your film coating. So you put that on the film? Yeah, I think you can use it on paint too, but we haven't really bothered using it on paint. Um, I think it's a little harder to apply to paint. It's a bit more like it, it doesn't, it doesn't streak when you apply it. More like it's it's very smeary. Like it smears around a lot. So you're constantly chasing high spots when you're using it on paint. But on film, there's there's not an issue. Yeah. No, oh, nice. All right. Um, we might get into into your six stage questions. Yep. Um, I did send them to you. So <laughs> some people I little, forget. I had, a, I had a quick little look through them, but. Yeah, like I said, I've been listening to the pod a fair bit um, in the last couple of weeks, and I think I've kind of got them. So, yeah, yeah, no, that's all right. Uh, I usually try and send them to most people. I have forgot in, in the past, that's for sure. So, can yeah. you remember your first ever detailing job? I can, I can. It's um, apart from my own car, my first paying one um, was my old boss at the warehouse, um, at the warehouse I worked at. And I was, you know, just talking to him, like, I think I'm going to start this business. And um, he was the owner of the company, actually, a big company. And he was chatting to me because he loves cars. And he said, I think I'm going to start my own business just detailing. I'm just going to do it mobile and on the weekends just for some extra money. You know, I'm still committed to my job here, but just for some extra money. And he goes, oh, okay. And he goes, oh, yeah, cool. Well, do you want to do my car? And he had this, you know, black E. 350, I think it was, a beautiful old, beautiful Mercedes, about 2008 or nine model. And I said, oh, yeah, cool. I said, he said, how much are you going to charge? And so I haven't gotten that far in figuring out how much I'm going to charge for all this stuff. And he said, well, I paid the guys at the local car wash $200 to do a hand polish and interior detail um, on the car every every year. He said, but I'll pay you 400 because I know you'll, 
be a lot more OCD with it. <laughs> oh, it's like, shit, 400 bucks. Like, man, are you serious? $400? Yeah, cool. No worries. So I think I spent two days on it, did it in the warehouse over the weekend because I didn't really have a space to do it. And it was just convenient for him because he lived in Avalon and I lived in Castle Hill. So it's a bit of a bit of a trek. But um, yeah, we did it at the warehouse and, you know, I did the whole wash, decontaminate it, you know. I don't think I, I don't think I even had a machine then. I think I just hand polished it with like auto glim super resin polish and you know, filled in everything, it filled in all the scratches, um, you know, scrubbed the leather, made it look amazing. And yeah, I think that was the first car that I think I ever actually got paid for and he loved it and I did it a couple more times and yeah, it kind of just it, yeah, it went on from there. <laughs> That's good. I yeah. Uh favorite polisher. Do you have a um do you have a certain brand in your shop? Or? Yeah, we, we um we use the Roops uh Roops Cordless Cordless? No, corded corded polishers. Um so you know, your Bigfoot polishers really. Um I like the fifteen. Yeah. Um so yeah, the fifteen I find just, you know, it gets into all the little it gets into most of the nooks and crannies. But I think my favourite one is probably the new Flex cordless polishers. Uh, we've got a little three-inch one, or a couple of them now. We've got a couple of three-inch ones that you can um, put, I think, down. You can put a two-inch backing plate on them and a one-inch backing plate. It all comes in the kit. And, man, those things are awesome. They're so good. I was on the fence thinking, you know, well, if you're using cordless polishers, the battery degrades, so your power degrades, so your cutting, comp- your cutting ability degrades, you know. Yeah. It's never going to be as good as when it's fully charged, but pretty much all the way through to when it's, you know, when it's the last little light, it's really consistent. So, yes. yeah, I think that would be my favourite um, polisher for sure, yeah. Yeah, that gets a lot of comments on, on this pod about that one. So the PXC80 yeah. or something, I even know about it now. So Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure what the exact model is. I just know it's the, the, little, the little flex that's cordless. Yep. So, yeah, it comes in handy and we use it in the PPF bay all the time. If there's ever, you know, a little blemish that we need to get out before we wrap it, just quick and easy, grab it, don't have to plug it in, chuck some polish on a pad, put it on, done. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the cordless um, tools coming in? Um, you know, like I said, really impressive. Uh, we haven't used the bigger ones yet. Um, I still don't think they're going to have the balls to really do a proper proper correction like if you get an old 7 series come in bmw where the paint's absolutely like a rock i don't know if it's going to chew through that um no matter what pad and compound you use but i mean we'll, we'll see we haven't we haven't really experimented too much with them um like i said our our, our go-to is the the roofers bigfoot system and their polishes and compounds and stuff like that and their pads um and we we haven't had an issue so i'm kind of in the frame of mind of you know if it ain't broke don't fix it mm. yep yeah because i always I was talking the other week um to someone about it in um sort of i know the rotary's making a fair comeback with a lot of people starting to use that again um they'll either yeah, we, finish out with that or use we've got to crack that out probably once a week on a, on a car like you know, they're not all new cars that came in like we just had a, a cla 45 the first gen come in last week and um yeah, the boys tried the Bigfoot system and a couple of bunch of different pads and polishes and just wasn't working. So, you know, we gave them a quick crash course on how to use the rotary and luckily nothing went wrong. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think the, you still can't beat it for cutting. Yep. There's just nothing that can compare to it. Like the, the DAs, even the force rotation ones, don't have the balls. Mm. No, and that's what I was, I was saying to the guy. I said... My market, most of my market's new car, so then you probably don't need um, a rotary for, for new cars, yeah, so right. I sort of settled with a DA, but um, yeah, you do get the old one like you know, did the other day, um, an yeah. old one, and it does need a, a rotary would have been quite handy, so. Yeah, you just, you know you're not going to get a good finish using the cut anyway, so you might as well just mow through it all, make the paint look terrible, and you can refine that with your big foot. Because mm. it's it, it's not too much of a difficult process to get rotary trails out. So yep. um, yeah. that's that's my way of thinking it and trying to be as efficient as possible as well. Yeah. You're probably not on the tools as much, but do you know roughly what polishers everyone's using these days? 
Uh, not on the detailing tools. I'm wrapping cars every day, but yeah, um, the um, yeah, the polishes they use are generally with the Bigfoot system. So the 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 blue Rupus one, I think it yep. is Corsa. I think it's called. Yep. Um, they'll usually go to that, and then if if they're doing a two stage, they'll um they'll finish it down with the shine supply polish. We like, I don't know. I've just always liked the shine supply polishes. Um, I don't know if they're still a big brand anymore but they were huge for a little while there so yeah we use um shine supply classic polish and it just you know it gives you that tiny little bit of cut to remove the the hazing and the the micro abrasions that you get from cutting the car and gives you an awesome finish as well yeah oh, cool uh f- what's your dream car um i've got a couple I think an, an attainable dream car for me would probably be like a Porsche 911 Turbo S. Um, something that's just totally unattainable, I think, would probably be, you know, one of the Ferraris, maybe an F12 TDF, which, I mean, I've been lucky enough to spend a bit of time in and drive around because one of our clients has one and he wants me to go and pick it up from his house and bring it back and then I'm more than happy to do that for him. So, <laughs> um yeah, that's probably one of my favourite cars, man. Like I've always, you know, I've always been into Ferraris. Um, so hearing a, a naturally aspirated V12 sing on the on ramp of the M2 in Sydney is is pretty good. Mm. Yeah. Nah. Cool. Uh, favorite detailing tool or product? Um, detailing tool again. It's probably the Flex. I think that's just awesome. I think it's just such a good innovation to be able to you know like when i first started you had to buy one of every polisher you had to buy three inch you had to buy a 15 you know the 15 i also had a 21 at the time as well because of you know just your big panels so i think and you know i had an hybrid too when that came out mm. so now that this polisher has gotten rid of two other polishers that i don't need so i think they're like I think they were 20% off recently, and I think we bought the second one for like $600 with the whole kit and everything. You can't beat it. Mm. No. But, um, yeah, that'd, that'd definitely be the favorite tool, yeah. They're pretty light too, actually. Like when you pick them up, you yeah, think you're going to be heavy as, but... They weigh not. nothing. Yeah. yeah. They're lighter than the corded ones. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, any tips for a detailer starting out? Um. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is watch a lot of videos. That's what I did. You know, if you can't get to training, watch a lot of videos. You know, sign up to someone like, you know, Todd Cooper Riders Detailing Academy or um, I don't know if the Chicago boys do an online one as well. I think they do. Sign up to something like that. Yeah. And just learn. That's, that's the biggest thing. And then once you get into the hang of it and you start getting some money in, spend more money on marketing just always reinvest in your business. You can't, don't go and buy a car or do something stupid like I did, reinvest into the business. Yeah. No, that's a good one. Yeah, Chicago one's more of an online business mentor training sort of, okay. like yeah. a business coach one. Yeah, so. um. Yeah, well, something like that is perfect. <clears throat> yeah. Use, you know, you'd use Todd's for the practical and then that, the Chicago guys for the, for the business side of things. And, you know, just, just talk to people as well. Talk to people in the industry and find out what they're doing and how they're doing things. Um, you'll get a few guys that just go, oh, I'm not finding you because, you know, who are you? But you'll find guys like ourselves. We get asked all the time. Yeah. Oh, what are you What are you guys doing? Like, what compounds do you use? And we tell people because it's, it's not a secret. Like, they're in photos on the wall. You can see them in every photo. So. <laughs> yeah, I always wondered that. Like, that's why I asked you about your polish because – yeah, everyone's like, oh, I use this, and but they won't really say. Um, I'll say what I use, but I said it's it's anyone can go and buy it. It's no like professional grade. That's that, right. And yeah. the biggest thing as well with de- or anything service based, like what we do, you know, whether you're a plumber or an electrician or a detail or whatever, you're not all going to be able to do the same quality of work. Like there might, there's always going to be someone better than you, and there's always going to be people worse than you. So, I think just do as best as you can possibly do. And try and ignore all the, you know, the side noise that's coming in at you from from other people, you know, and other businesses. Just focus on your own business and getting it as best as you can. Yeah. Stay in your own lane and uh, just focus on what you're doing, not what everyone else is doing. And yeah, exactly. Man, if I 
if I worried about all the other PPF installers and detailers that are a lot cheaper than us, I'd never get a week of sleep. Like, <laughs> I'd be up worrying about it all night, but you just kind of, you know, and sometimes I still do. Sometimes it, it gets in my head that, like, you know, well, you know, business our size can still have a slow week or so. And I go, oh, shit, you know, we're going to have to do this and we're going to have to lower our prices and all that. But the next day the phone rings and we book in five or six jobs, so it doesn't matter. Yep. Yeah, I've had that. Yeah, you think you yeah, what are we That's gonna right. do next and week? Next it, week you flat out. It, everyone will go through it a couple of times every year. Like it's just just it's yeah, like one of the boys says here, you mate, it's just a roller coaster, ups and downs. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's all part of business. So That's right. It's good. Uh any interests outside of uh your day to day business? Um I've just had a, a baby, so we've got a, a ten month old at home. So I don't Unfortunately, with the amount of work that we do, I don't get to spend as much time with him as I, as I, as I'd like. Um, you know, there's some days where he's constantly screaming, so I'm kind of glad I get to go to work as well. <laughs> but um, yeah, spending a bit of time with the young fella and with the with the wife as well on a weekend is is good. But I also love my golf. That's my yeah. other, that's my outlet. And um, you know, I've got a I've got a drum kit here in the at the shop as well. I've built a little room that I can have a bash on because I've been into that since I was 15. So, um, yeah, they're the three, the three main things in my life apart from, apart from SPD. Yeah. Uh, how's dad life changed perspective? Um, it's, it's, it's hard, you know, like, he, and he's a really good baby. Like he, he sleeps, he eats, he doesn't really have, you know, he's got no problems. He's healthy. He's great, but you know, they're, they're babies so they can have their moments where you just want to pull your hair out. Mm. But I think every um, it's something that's not really talked about enough in terms of that sort of space where you know being a dad or a mum is hard. It's not it's not an easy job, just like or any other job. You know, everything everything has its difficult moments. So knowing how to deal with that mentally and pushing through it and just getting on with it is 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 definitely a skill. Mm. And I think all the um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm loving it, man. It's it's awesome. It's really good. No, it's pretty cool. Definitely changed my uh, perspective on things. So, and trying to be home more and that work-life balance yeah. we all try and have. And every parent's had it as well where, you know, you get in an argument with your dad when you're a teenager and all your parents and I'll say, you'll understand when you're a dad. And I've had a lot of those light bulb moments in the last 10 months going, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that makes sense now. So mm. changes your perspective on life when you've got someone more important than yourself. So, Yeah. And all the, the wives out and mums out there dealing with it day in, day out, we always say they get it easy. They're always out and about drinking coffee here and there, but they're yeah, putting they're up not. with it. No, <laughs> Mate, that's right. And my, my wife's an ICU nurse as well. So she uh-huh. um, she's, she's had a year off, but, she, you know, she had to go through COVID with people. She had to, mm. um, you know, she has to go through people with proper illnesses every day. So respect to her for being able to deal with, with the little man and, all that other stuff she goes through at work mentally, it's I don't know how she does it. Very strong mm. woman. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's very, very interesting and uh, I think they do a great job, so. Yeah. All right. Um, nothing else, mate. Um, you got anything else to chat about? Yeah, wrapped pretty up? Good? Yeah, pretty no, much. That's pretty, that's pretty much it, mate. No, I'm yeah. all good. Well, thanks for your time. I know you, you're working day to day, so... Um, Took you away from the tools for a little bit, but yeah, thanks for taking the time to um, jump on the pod, and it's been good. No, no worries, man. Thanks so much for having me, and um, yeah, really enjoyed it. It's good to to chat to someone just about you know the the things we go through here at SPD, and that it's you know it might look like online that it's all roses, but yeah, things things even as like business of our size, you know, we're probably one of the bigger guys in the country. We still have our difficulties, just like the little guys. So. Yeah. yeah, it's good. It was really good. Yeah, no, that's it. So, might be some um, some things coming in shortly from you guys as well, product wise. Apparently, yeah, we're gonna run. We're gonna release our own little line of maintenance products. It's not gonna be for the pros. It's just gonna be for the you know the punter on the weekend that wants to wash their cars. So we've got a um, it's the stuff we use here at SPD. It's gonna be its own line called Pure Car Care Products. Um, and yeah, we've got a, a small range of uh, of products which is just shampoo quick detailer glass cleaner tire shine and uh wheel cleaner as well we've also got a towel and a and a mitt and a wheel brush so 
pretty much whenever someone gets their car coded or how do I maintain it, we go buy all this stuff and you'll be fine. Yep. And it's, um, yeah, we've probably been testing it all and doing different formulations of everything for the last 12 to 18 months and just tweaking little things as we go. So, yeah, it's finally at the point now where we're ready to get the website up and release it and, yeah, next couple of months. So. No, that's awesome. It's it's good to see a lot of a lot of brands doing that now. Like we used to get all our stuff from overseas. Now you can sort of buy it here and as a detailer, yeah, like yourself, good for right. the customers. It's all, it's all locally made as well. Um, it's all made down in Melbourne, um, and we have a pretty hands-on involvement with it all as well. Um, in terms of you know testing and finding what we like, what we don't like. Um, you know, all the bottles are made in down in Melbourne as well and everything as well. So it's a hundred percent apart from some of the, you know, some of the ingredients have to come from overseas. Um, but yeah, majority of it is all Australian. Yep. No, I think you cannot escape some of the ingredients, but like you said, and even talking to Dan the other week, there is, um, yeah, same with him and a few others mirror finish. So everyone's sort of, and it's good for your customers. Like it's a good maintenance package to give to them. Like yeah, we we probably had the products, you know, here in the shop for the last for the last twelve months. We had them all bottled up, and then as I built this shop up, I've kind of put it on the back burner and just went, you know, I'm not, I don't have the time to dedicate to this properly. Whereas now it's getting more to the point where I'm going to have that time, and um, you know, maybe someone else will come on and help me out with it as well in terms of promoting it and um, and getting it out there. I don't. I don't expect it to be a you know a global brand like Gion or Meguiar's or Auto Glim or any of those sort of things, but for people that want a good product at a good price and you know it's proven it works with us, so why can't why can't the average guy just have a go at it as well? Yeah, no, that's really good. So, no, awesome to see. So, watch your space on that. Yeah. So, all right, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up and I'll let you let you get back to it. So, thanks for your time and. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Cheers, Mitch. All right, man. Thank, thank you. Have a good one. Cheers. Thanks. That was another episode of the Detailing Down Under podcast. Subscribe now for everything auto detailing in Australia.